uprising by the Kikuyu people who wanted their land back. The Kikuyu were herded into concentration camps and fortified villages, almost the entire population of over a million people. People were systematically tortured to death. They invented a new kind of pliers whose purpose was first to crush men's testicles and then to cut them off. They raped women with bayonets. They raped men. Similarly, a favoured technique was to ram sand up the rectum with a stick. Sometimes they were rolled up in barbed wire and kicked around the compound until they bled to death. Some of the British soldiers boasted about this. This is within living memory. The colonial secretary lied about it. The papers documenting it were burnt. The impact of the rich and powerful nations has been so phenomenally murderous and destructive that it has been completely airbrushed from our national consciousness. In order to justify the land-grabbing colonial projects, you had to create an ideology. We, the Europeans or the Americans, have come to rescue the rest of the world from its depravity and backwardness. But in order to do that, you have to be able to demonstrate that the rest of the world is depraved and backward. From this arose the racism that is still with us today. It was a necessary component of the colonial project. Some people might claim, well, okay, we broke a few eggs to make this omelette. It's as if all those human beings were eggs. But look at the omelette, isn't it fantastic? Look, we've made this fantastic omelette. Forget about all that unpleasant stuff and let's just celebrate where we are. Where we are is a continuation of the project. We commodified people's land and people's labour and turned it into our property. We're also destroying the rest of the living world alongside it. We don't have to be like this. We are the same human beings as anybody else. We're all part of the same big human family. We just have to recognise that, accept that. And of course, within Western countries, there are plenty of brilliant people resisting colonization, both internal colonization within our own countries and external colonization of other people's countries. Turn my headphone down a little bit. Yeah. 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 That song, of course, is coming from the great British citizen, 21 Savage. Now, yes, I played his track um, after a historical track because, obviously, a world event affected his country of ancestry. But what really fascinated me about Mr. 212021 is that up until that event from several years ago that called into question his immigration status, a lot of us were like, is bruv English? Which... Ironically, is how I felt reading people's social media memor- memoriams. Now, when I say people, I mean black people, because anytime I saw someone having a heartfelt message for Queen Elizabeth II, I would ask myself this question. Is bruv English? Which, you know, brings us to this next issue at this current podcast. Yes, we can, in fact, have a human moment when honoring someone's death. But how about when someone's life creates a reminder of the pain and turmoil that their status and title can bring? Is it more important to honor a life that evokes and triggers emotional historical pain or to be truthful about what their existence meant? And what of the black diaspora? For me, 21 Savage represents the unique mashup of black American British continuity. Well, my wife might say Idris Elba, but I'm not as big a fan of his music output. So 21 Savage it is. But for me, 
it's important to talk about the contextual realities and difficulties of Queen Elizabeth II's death, specifically surrounding the black diaspora and how black British generally feel, feel about the crown and also general thoughts on colonialism. Her passing, naturally enough, became a huge social media and pop culture talking point. Interestingly enough, though, and it wasn't just because of her title. What actually what happened? It was presented one of the fascinating times when moments when the prism of white, the white fantasy gaze, was immediately challenged by the black and brown reality of the situation. On Twitter, Black Twitter, there was a great statement: "Quote: You saw the difference between people who think of monarchs and colonialism as part of some fantasy world like Disney stories, and those who know the evil of it, and whose parents can talk vividly about the cruelty and lasting impact." Hence, the leading clip which I started this podcast. That's a very recent history. It actually happened during Queen Elizabeth's II reign. One and a half million Kenyans were held in concentration camps when she was 31 years old. It was odd when people were being scolded for having a proper context to the monarchy and the impact of colonialism. The world's largest diamond, the Colonial Diamond, was stolen from Africa and pieces were put in the British Sovereign Crown, the Royal Scepter, and the rest of the Royal Jewel Collection an object that both identified and properly designated how disgusting colonialism is. Now, of course, British claimed that it was given to them as a symbol of friendship and peace, um, yet it was done, done during colonialism. I mean, honestly, that sounds accurate, because after all, here in the States, we celebrate a feast in November because the white Protestants and the indigenous members of that territory were such best buddies that they clothed, fed, and protected the very people who were stealing their land and resources. History, unfortunately, is ugly. And to paint a beautiful story because it fits a white comfortability narrative is both dangerous and destructive. I'm sure there are great moments of humanity um, between uh, the queen and society. As well as, you know, things that people really can identify as personal memories that bring great passion and love and, you know, beauty for having her life. But we have to be honest about the, both the destructive and, and dangerous methods of her history and the crown it represents. Current members of society and British society, as well as nations of the Caribbean, Africa, and Ireland, and India, trust me, have an unfolding yarn of interest when considering the history. And when we untie those things and we look at those things, well, it could be complicated and it could be a lot. Welcome to Culture Bias Podcast. I'm your host, Kamara Williams. We say that culture is a matter of perspective and opinion. After all, culture is another way to say discover. We are on culture. We are biased. We are black. This is our 99th episode. So if you're tuning in for the first time, what took you so long? If you're a continuing listener, listen, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Of course, we're going to take a, an extended break at episode number 100. Um, that doesn't stop you, though, from leaving a commentary on both Apple and Spotify. That's how they create algorithms. Of course, you always want to give a shout out to our sponsors, of course, Coleman Law. You can reach them at 888-850-597-2990. That's www.coleman.law. And of course, if you're in market real estate, contact Keystone Global Real Estate at 407-680-8510. And of course, if you're in market for estate planning, probates, wills, trusts, all guardianships, all that wonderful stuff, please contact Smith & Williams at 888-SWTG-LAW or C. Williams at SWTG-LAW or info at SWTGLAW.com. All right, so now we're going to go ahead and bring in, uh, you know, some actual British uh, citizens or, for, you know, I guess they, their current status is British citizen. And um, they have the unique uh, designation, not only of being black and British, but they also um, are my frat. So uh, let me first introduce uh, my friend uh, Lincoln. Are you still with us? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? What's going on? Lincoln Haynes, man. Hey, you know, I love Lincoln, man, but I, I adore his wife only because <laughs> she is a big fan of the show. <laughs> yep. and, she, and she comments on it and she sends me text messages about the things she loves about the show. So she's an active listener. So shout out to Lauren. Hey, for real. There's been many a time I've come downstairs and I hear Kamara's voice in the background. Hey, man, be very specific. You hear Kamara's voice coming through the speakers, huh? The speakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could that could be bad. That sounded pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear the pod class playing, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, right, right, right. No, no doubt, no doubt. Um, yeah. 
All right. Um, thank you for jumping on, man. And um, got my frat on here as well, Daniel Holder. You still with us, Dan? I'm still with you. Good to be here, man. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. So I wanted to, you know, I had my my old opening, and I wanted to give you guys a platform to really just kind of tell me or tell anybody that listens, like, what was it like experiencing um, just the crown, like, when you realized that, you know, she had passed away, the complicated feelings behind that. Um, I'll start with you, Lincoln, because technically you're at work. And I know you have, you could jump off anytime. Uh, Lincoln is a practicing nurse. What's your official designation, bro? Uh, okay, nurse practitioner. Yeah. Okay. So he makes big money. All right. So tell me, uh, <laughs> uh, tell me your thoughts, bro. Uh, I'll be honest, man. Uh, I initially just felt sad because you know uh, I grew up in England, birth to about eleven years old. And, you know, I was raised to just, you know, love and respect the queen. Mm-hmm. Never really put the thought like the history, uh, you know, the monarchy, any of that's like what what they did to the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not only I was born in England, but my parents were from the islands. And, you know, uh, shout out to Trinidad and Tobago. And I just feel like. There's just a level of respect you just have for the queen. That's it. No questions asked. Uh, it wasn't until I really started seeing like other people like commenting, you know, their dislike, their discourse, their their pleasure, or their you know, in seeing this thing happen. I was, I was like, yo, why is why aren't people, you know, why is Black Twitter going off like the way they're going off right now? You know what I mean? Like, right. why are we seeing all the jokes? Why are we seeing all the uh, you know, just the general dislike. And it made me realize, like, man, have I just kind of turned a blind eye to my English history? You know, like when I came here to America, I kind of focused on American history, yeah, slave and all that. But yeah. 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 We can we can get um do a deep dive into that in, in a moment. Uh Dan, what would you think? Uh well, I'm I'm a I'm a upkey guy. Uh, I do. I'm everything bad. I've done. I do it twice. <laughs> so when when the uh, queen died, for me, I immediately laughed because Jeez. like when someone when someone bad dies, yeah. like they automatically become a great person. Yeah. And yeah. I thought it was funny that Black Twitter was holding her accountable for the things that she did during her lifetime, even after she dead, she died. Right. Like normally when people die, they're like, "Yeah, this person is a saint," and black people was like, "Nah, nah." Can, yeah. can I say it in the intro? Yeah, I say it. you can say it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I say yeah, but yeah, black people was like, "Nah, you you ain't a friend of us. Like you've done nothing for the for the black community ever, and neither has your any anyone in your family." And for for me as a black Brit, the um queen and the monarchy in itself just is just a a figurehead of the oppression of the monarchy Mm -hmm. of all the oppression that that britain has been involved in has catalyzed all around the world the monarchy is a reminder like yo you we still own you 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 you, my my face is on on your money right right. like you there's nothing you can do right and for her to die (laughs) When the national anthem is "God Save the Queen," it's like, yeah, even God ain't gonna save you. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, so yeah, I know it's terrible. Like, people are gonna think I'm a terrible person, and you're right. Uh-huh. You know, I don't know if you, I don't think you're a terrible person. I mean, I, I really felt nothing, and obviously, I felt nothing because I'm not British. So I was like, all right, well, she, she passed away. That sucks. Um, for them, I suppose. I mean, for me, it was just another day. But I, I think it was great for people to make, to your point, Dan, um, to start making a byline of like, okay, what is her, what is her legacy? What is her legacy? And I think it was disingenuous when people say, well, we shouldn't question her legacy right now. Yeah. When do you start questioning people's legacies? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, I think we do that as a society, not just like in this particular, you know, this particular uh, uh, instinct, but 
in general, like in, in American society, we do this a lot. Um, when President Obama was in office, it was like we can't handle, we can't um, levy any criticism against him because he's doing such a tough job with everything he's facing. And I was like, well, you know, his legacy is his legacy. And I think it's important to challenge him because if you don't do that, there's never going to be a good time. No. Nope. You know, and what are you going to wait till he dies? They'd be like, well, you know, I didn't really like some of the stuff that Obama did. I, you, he was here. You could have said that at the time. You should have. You should have said that at the time. You know, now he's dead. Ain't nothing you could do about it. That that you know that that dog don't hunt. You know. Yeah. You know, um, Lincoln. And so I, you said something that's very fascinating in your opening. Um, What's good? Like how you felt like you turned kind of turned a blind eye a little bit. Like or it was society you didn't really you were kind of conditioned to not really take a a strong look at the history of the crown and colonialism. Yeah, I mean, really, at the end of it, right? Uh, like Daniel said, you always just been learned. You've always been taught to just say, "God save the queen." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? God save the queen, and and when you look at her, she doesn't look like a a threatening figure. You know what I mean? She's an older lady. Uh, she doesn't look like she's going to cause any harm to you, right? So as a young kid, that's really that's really all I knew. God right. save the queen. Right, right. Um, and so- and then, I mean, I guess like the controversy starts coming out because when I moved over to America, it was like a couple months before Princess Diana died or was killed, depending on, you know, how you look at it, right? Right. And that was a major event. Um and then you start kind of reckoning with some of the truths behind that story. And you're like, wow, I mean, if, if, if what they're saying is true, you know, this is wild. Right. right. But still God save the queen. And you just kind of keep it moving. Um, do you think there's something to be said about like how we often are, we often talk about everybody around the world knows about black, black American history, slavery and everything. Like, it's like a thing, like you know, but like, Right, right. It's really just kind of like we we all around the world we talk about how America's, you know, unforgivable sin of what they did to, you know, um with blacks when they came over to this land and how they uh, treated them. But the history that we just played in the opening clip, that was like within the last 60 years. And like nobody talks about that stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if that happened in America, 60, like, we'd, we'd hear about it all the time. We hear about when Germany did get the concentration camps against, you know, the Jews. Correct. But why was it that when, you know, the British crown is concerned, like, that swept under the rug? It's not a thing. Like, do you ever, have you given that much thought? Like, maybe either, either yourself or Daniel, have you thought about that? Like, do you think that's there's something behind that? I think it's the nature of <laughs> I don't say something weird, probably off key again. It's yeah. the nat- nature of whiteness. Yeah. Is whitewashing everything to like that's why they lie to the kids about Santa Claus. They, they everything everything is a lie. Uh, and I believe I don't think things travesties to that large scale have occurred, but I think the smallest tragedies have absolutely occurred in the in the recent past. Like I'm in Greensboro right now, and I was looking, reading about the um, Greensboro massacre where the KKK slaughtered people yeah. in in 1979. I was like, man, that was that was just, just a few years before I was born. Right, right, like, right. Like I think so. A lot of these travesties, um, they happen, but they they just swept under the rug. And then nationalism, um, yeah. So the Queen is a figure of the nationalism, kind of like the the U.S. flag. When I was a kid um, living in England, my mom's from North Carolina, um, I was singing Rule Britannia, Britannia Rules the Ways, Britain Never, Never, Never Shall Be Slaves. That's a song they sing over there. Really? And my mom was like, nigga, never let me hear you singing that again. <laughs> and and, and this, I'm the same way with my kids. My kids come home trying to say the uh, Pledge of Allegiance. I'm like, nigga. Never let me hear you sing it, sing that, saying that again. <laughs> like 
I, I think that um that being black gives us a different relationship to the truth. Like I don't think we should white whitewash it over, just let it brush be brushed over. I think there's a lot of travesties, like even where you live, just if you just look around, you'll see things that have been swept under the rug. Yeah. 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 Not to them per slides of that, but yeah. So you know it's crazy that you brought up the the Greensboro uh massacre, right? Because just the other day I was walking around in Ocoee, Florida, and I just so happened to read a plaque, right? I'm I'm not born I'm not born raised in, in Orlando. I live in Apopka now, but so I don't know a lot of the like local history. And it was just like, yeah, you know, essentially, you know, uh black people were thriving. You know, they had their own cars, they had, you know, land, they had everything. And even they were trying to get elected to office and the white community <clears throat> did not like that at all and just killed them. Killed them in the middle of light, like massacred, you know what I mean? Like, and they were saying that, you know, families had to run to a popka to survive, which when you hear people talk about a popka sometimes, they, they there's like a connotation, like there's bad black people over in a popka, right? Mm. But when you think about if you had to run to save your life in the middle of the night, leave all your, you know, possessions, your money, everything, life is going to be tough somewhere else. And and the resolution for Koei was they just put up these signs just saying, yeah, this happened. You know what I mean? Like, but what happened to that land? What happened to the money that was generated and the families that benefit from that now? Mm. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, but in relation to the queen, I, I guess you, once I again, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in relation to the queen, uh, I guess they've done such a great job at just making her look clean. You know what I mean? Like, we're not going to say nothing bad because it's the queen. Or the you know crown, what I mean? Like, or it's the crown in general. Yeah, huh? She's just a sweet old lady that likes dogs and kills black people. Like this. <laughs> right. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's fascinating because what you what you're really saying is that how white history is selective and who we want to make the villains and yeah. i i was talking to a friend of mine um he said you know what man like i'm not a fan of people kind of kick, kicking the queen when she's down and i just don't believe in that and you know i, I don't believe we should be focusing so much on history you know, so much because it's like, you know, people's history can be complicated. And my thing is, yeah, okay, well, people's history are complicated, but when you don't address it, you know, directly, it becomes a, this quagmire of thought and angst and anger because nobody wants to really have the honest conversation because we're trying to protect things. And as we, off, we operate in a sense of protectionism, so we don't, we're not entirely authentic with our statements about history or the people who are currently living with that history. And it's okay to be like, I, last week we had a podcast on Jay-Z and I, I was like very open and honest. I said, listen, man, um, I'm actually a fan of Jay-Z. I'm a big fan of Jay-Z, you know, but at the same time, me being a fan of his does not negate the fact that I be, can be critical of who he is and what he represents um, both in black culture and in business culture. And we have to walk away from the thought that we can't be critical of things that we may love or admire. And so I would imagine for those who love and admired the crown, it was probably a difficult time for them to finally, at that moment, have a conversation about what that crown represented. You know, um, you know, Dan, what, what do you think? Or like, or like, Yo, that's Lincoln. the space I'm in yeah. right now. Yeah. That's the space I'm in right now, right? Yeah. Like, you know, all my life I've looked at it as like, that's, you know, this queen, that's crown, that's there's respect. But now I'm thinking like, wow, like I've literally given her a pass or given the crown a pass my whole life. And I'm just been focusing on American evils and not realizing that it's just as bad or even worse you know, what the crown has done right around the world, not just in England. You know what I mean? Yeah. <coughs> yeah. No doubt. Uh, what do you think, yeah. Dan? The crown definitely tutored America. Um, but I, I think that um, 
for people that love the crown, just like Santa Claus, like you can't really convince people of the truth. They have to be willing to accept it. So like Lincoln, Lincoln, you know, love the crown, but he's black. So he's willing to. No, sorry. My, my son wants to join the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. We, more than merrier. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. So yeah, so Lincoln's black is willing to listen to black experiences, you know, to to gain more knowledge on the on the the crown. Yeah. But so like white people that love the crown and then black people are saying, Yeah, I don't like the queen because of this, because of that. They're like, Yo, don't don't disrespect the queen in her death. She's died. Like we <laughs> And we're like, as black as a black person, I can speak for all black people in my pants right now and say that we don't care. <laughs> so actually, it's funny because I wanted to actually play a clip um, uh, from I guess I pulled it from a it was a British citizen talking about random British citizen talking about uh, what the death meant for her. I just wonder what you thought, what your first reaction was when you heard the news that uh, the Queen is under medical supervision. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty sad, like, when anyone kind of gets in that position, like, you wouldn't want that to happen to your own family member. Um, but I, I'm not, like, the biggest fan of the Queen, or just, like, the monarchy in general, so I wasn't, like, that upset or overwhelmed by it. It was just something that happens, I guess. You're not the biggest fan of, of the monarchy. I wonder why. Um, mainly to do with, like, British, like, colonial history, things like that. A lot of things that have gone on, which have been quite shady, even, like, recently with, like, Prince Andrew and everything. So, um, yeah, I'm not really their biggest fan. <laughs> Fair enough. It was nice, talk nice talking to you. And what she's referring to in the, with, with uh, Prince Andrew is that uh, the Queen, actually, Queen Elizabeth, one of her final acts, is that she authorized a $15 million payment to a um, victim um, from Prince Andrew's uh, sordid history regarding sexual abuse. Yes, the, the old lady who loved dogs. So that's kind of where we talk about, again, the complicated imagery on one you just oppose this woman who loved dogs and she's just a sweet old lady. But the other side of it is that she has this protectionism that is really hurts the not only the integrity of, the, uh, uh, of even the crown, but it just it hurts the um, the people that have been directly like affected. Uh, so, but I wonder, Dan, because I'm assuming that you've been back to United Kingdom a lot sooner than Lincoln has. I mean, generally speaking, like when you talk to different people from in the UK. What is their general consensus, particularly black British? I know you mentioned like you speak, speak on behalf, but like, what do you generally hear? Well, well since I'm, my my sister just got, just got married, so my brother um, is downstairs with his wife from London. Uh, my sisters came from London um, a few years ago, like five years ago. So they live, live in the states. One, one second. Okay, okay. Just go free, go free. Little man wants to be like heard. Yeah, so yeah, they came from London um, about five years ago, <laughs> and my friends came from London too. And um, the first thing they said when they had the Queen was dying was like, "Oh, oh, we get a, a bank holiday," and so, <laughs> so they they're getting it there more than like it's like unanimously like all all my friends in London right now they're like, "Yeah, yeah, she's dead," but like, when's when's the morning day? When's it? When's the day off? Like, how long do you get? Out? 12 days, four days a week. One Right, right. So they're giving them one day, day off Monday the 19th. And that's just, for black people, it's just going to be a day of barbecue. And I wish that I could get a flight over there for that day because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <Wow>. like, <laughs> like they're going to be more than the queen. But, and and to, even the people, even the white society, I, I think they're going to monetize this mm. tremendously. Mm. And yeah, I don't, I don't, in in my opinion, it's not respectful of the dead to monetize them. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, um, that, but that's that was the first reaction from my friends in England right now. You know, when's when's a holiday? When's it? When are we gonna get a day off for this? Um, Link, what what about you? What did you hear? Uh, just talking to like uh, family members. 
uh, and my wife's family members, you see how they just feel bad. Once again, you know, Jamaican ancestry, West West Indian ancestry, right? Mm-hmm. Trinidad, you know, wherever you're from, uh, in the islands. I think that that age group of like fifties to sixties, seventies, they they just have respect for the crown. Mm-hmm. So you know, I told my parents, and they were shocked. They're like, "Oh wow," um, but that was really it. You know, they they weren't like crying. They weren't you know anything like that, but. I feel like they uh, they were just sad that it happened. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that really was it. And I mean, I'm in one of those groups of Daniel. And like he said, like, mainly people are just trying to figure out, yo, what, what, how can I benefit from this? Uh-huh. When, when's my day off? You know what I mean? Like, right. there's no, there was no, like, outpouring of crying and tears. Uh, and really, like I said, once again, that's when I started to realize, like, have I just subscribed to a whitewashed history? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I saw this quote online uh, from a woman, black British woman. She says, you know, I have no opinions on the queen as a person, but what terrifies me of her possible passing, it's a display of the lavish wealth we're about to witness as Britain heads into a Dickinson winter during which half of the country or more will not be able to afford heat for the homes. For those who are aware, um, you know, UK is kind of, going through an energy thing issue right now where prices are going or are escalating. Um, this is why it's important to be uh, heed world events because everything affects everything. Um, and, you know, the idea is that, you know, a funeral or a coronation, um, vestiture or whatnot uh, will kind of bring in more revenue to that country than it will cost. Um, it's kind of foolhardly. Um, and it's kind of what it does is, it will kind of show kind of like a, a, a tale of two worlds, right? <laughs> a tale of two cities rather, um, in which you know the lavishness of passing on a title compared to those who are like literally trying to figure out like their, how they're going to heat their homes or how they're going to keep their babies warm. Um, you know, and those are things that you kind of always have to evaluate. And again, this, this to me is where the crux of how we look at the crown. Like we, have to just oppose like how people like you know what was wild to me anytime like they would do these things where the prince and you know the princess would go to um and lincoln's got to run so i appreciate you lincoln for jumping on but um but you know every time i would look at something where the uh the prince or the princess would like go to like a caribbean island and like they would have these big old like welcoming celebrations of them being welcomed, you know, with all these things and people waving flags on the side of the road. And and I would just kind of be weird to me, whether it's Caribbean or even African countries. It was always weird to me to see that because this is a very poor country and they're celebrating the people that have made them poor. Like, I always thought that was a weird pageantry, like to see that. Because those they work for organizations that need funding... And they need it from the crown. Yeah. So they need to feel like Yeah, exact exactly. Sorry. Yeah. They need to that's why they're that's why they're waving their flags because they need money. Yeah. And because they made them poor and then they 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 they're the benefactors to the problem that they created. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm actually gonna play uh, um a clip here. Um yeah, actually, I'm gonna play this clip. It's gonna. It talks about again American media's fascination with how they evaluate this particular. Um, oh, before you play that, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you're scolded by this, but after they finish monetizing the funeral, yeah, they're going to monetize the coronation of King Charles. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's just man. Yeah, they're gonna put, yeah, put like with coins and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah, and they have to re. I think they have. Well, they remint all of the British pounds oh, to yeah. have the king's face in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah, about that. It's, it's just it's just a money a money grab scheme. Mm. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that that has to mean something. Where you, you again, you have to reissue funds now, showing yeah. the new leader of the new figurehead um, yeah. of the country. Yeah, 
Mm, yeah. Think about that. And, and and the millions that they're going to spend on the funeral and the coronation, yeah, all going to be going to be taxed. <laughs> Yo, that's so wild to me though. That's like, again, that's so wild. It's like America. You know, we stopped putting presents on. We stopped making more money, right? Um, you know, yeah. as far as like you know, changing out the who's going to be on the dollar bill and ten and five or whatever. Not. I, mean, I know there's a whole controversy of Harriet Tubman, um, but for the most part, we're not changing out the the uh, this the figure on the currency. You know, upon someone's death, and to think that it's really that's like a trillion dollar thing right there. Because that's all around the world. It's not in the UK, but that's going to be different territories that are under the UK that have to, again, get an issuance of new funds with, you know, yep. um, with the king. Uh, yeah. All the New Zealand, Australia, Bermuda yeah. will all have, to have their funds reminted to have the, well, I don't know if it would be reminted, but they'll, they'll have a new version of the funds with the king's face on it. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, all right, so thank you for like that reminder. So I'm going to play this clip, and uh, we can like talk about again the American media's fascination with this. You played a, a clip of her speaking in Cape Town in 1947 in right. South Africa. Right. That's the year apartheid took effect in South Africa. They, that was something British colonialism ushered in. British colonialism, which she presided over for all these years, was, had a terrible effect on, on much of the world. It's something that people uh, revolt from. And I, I have to say to the, your earlier question, why, why are news, American news networks uh, dedicating all of this time to Queen Elizabeth's funeral? I think it's a good question. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think it's something, there's a weakness in the American character that still yearns for that era of hereditary privilege, which is the very thing that, that we escaped from. So, you know, that clip talks about, first of all, Richard Engel is somebody, um, you should know, he's a biographer for Nelson Mandela. And we... You know, that is important because apartheid, um, which took obviously took place in South Africa and would directly affected, you know, the, uh, the black people of that particular region. Um, you know, Nelson Mandela being such a huge figure uh, um, in defeating uh, uh, of apartheid and Rachel Engel being the person who helped doc- was documenting that history. Um, you know, he's looking at it from the outside, looking in like, American media again. This copy goes to the cash grab again because it's not just another event for them to kind of bring in more eyes and advertising dollars and things of that nature. But really, like the fascination with them on the preoccupation of like the crown and everything it represents. When ideally, the only reason America in its in, in its unique history was done to run away from everything that crown represents, and yet. Here we are where we want to look like we want to have this idea of idealized version of what the crown is. So it's like I saw a tweet where Hamilton was like, oh, you know, we, you know, we were so sad about, you know, the queen passing. And someone made a tweet like, uh, do you even know what your play is about? Like, you're literally your play is about, you know, the wickedness of the crown and of the monarchy and why you have to, as a country we have to break away from this particular wicked institution. And now here are you in your, you know, in your tweet, because it socially, it makes sense for you to come, come out in favor of this monarchy and everything represents like, Oh, we we're saddened with the, with the death and of the queen. And it's like, it's very much giving, um, fake, uh, appeal necessarily, you know? And so I, I don't know. I just think that it's, it's fascinating to me when I just see what how American media actually looks at and how they are evaluating just the circumstances of not only the death, but now the coronation of the king and everything surrounding it. Um, but I mean, uh, Daniel, like what what are your what what do you think or what are your thoughts? Um, I think that the monetization, well, the media's coverage of anything. It's just about money. It's about a story that they can sell. Um, and yeah, and I think the white people look, look look back to a time where, you know, when America was great and 
and the British monarchy does, you know, tells it ties into that story for them. Um, so I think it's all about money, man. I um, you know, I was thinking about too like this idea again. Yes, it's about money, but it's the romanticizing of white um, history. And you know when uh, yes, when you had John F. Kennedy when he came to you know came into prominence and whatnot, and his, they called his family Camelot, like Arthurian, you know, like history and and just a romanticize of like what what you know. Um, the, the Kennedys and Camelot and it's like we still even though we broke away from the monarchy we still want to romanticize what that monarchy means to us absolutely and that to me I I think is the symptom of white to your point at the beginning, top of this podcast the symptom of white um, ignorance when looking at history in general we always yeah. want to romanticize and let's even like pin it down even further, man. Like, I don't know if you, you, you know, you big, big, big thing into um, what's going on here socially, but look at how we deal with like race and CRT, the conversation, right? People yeah. are trying to remove conversations now from classrooms and they're trying to romanticize what the forefathers are or what they were because it fits a narrative because they want to make sure they create, to your point earlier, nationalism within those yeah. who are, you know, children coming up. Do you, you know, you have a young son. How old's your son? Like a couple months? Eight months. Yeah. And so, you know, they want someone like your son to when he's finally of learning age to kind of look at things like, yeah, you know, the forefathers weren't that bad. They weren't bad people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They, they weren't bad people just in some bad times. That's how they, that's how the, the line of demarcation would they, we want people to have, operate. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they weren't bad people. They just had bad times. And I I think in particular that to me is probably the most, you know, the most troubling thing we see now is in history. We're not, we don't want to talk about history. We don't even want to deal yeah. with history. We want to th- shove it away and say it doesn't matter anymore because history is not as important as what's happening today. Whereas my point is, History is important because of what's happening today. You know, like, yeah. you know, uh, um, the Caribbean islands are not poor just because they woke up poor. India is not poor yeah. because they woke up poor. Uh, uh, certain countries within the continent of Africa are not poor because they woke up poor. In fact, they probably even, if we want to be honest, the lines that were dr- drawn were because of things from the Dutch and from the French and from the English, like these, the people that live in those regions shouldn't even been national um, members of that same society. They had different subsex tribes living in that region, but because of colonialism, they actually had to now say, Oh no, you're now the country of Kenya. Right. (laughs) Right. You know, you're the country of Kenya now because we, the British monarchy, just wanted to make a nice clean uh, stake here in, in the middle of this continent. So, yeah, you know, what are your thoughts on that? I, I know I said I've been doing a lot of talking, but what do you, what do you, um, you know, the, the thing about America right now is make America, well, make America great again. Mm. And I think that no problem can be resolved unless you admit what the problem was. Like, like if, if you smell like, you have to figure out, you know, whether it's dirty drawers, you don't clean your clothes, you don't take a shower, your breath sinks. There's a problem, problem somewhere. Right. And, um, like, to me, white supremacy is based upon white ignorance. Right. It's teaching them that, that they weren't bad, bad people. They were in a bad time. Like, nah, nigga, they were in bad times because they were bad people. Right. <laughs> like, if you come to a place and kill everyone, that's probably a problem. And what we're doing, especially with CRT and just just talking about the truth in history, is holding our country accountable for the things they've done. And until we hold them accountable for the things they've done, they can't move on to a better future. Like it's like we got to close what close the past, pay us our reparations, you know, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, but close the past before you start to pretend. 
that um, pre pretend that you want to move on to something in the future. And I think that um, that, um, that one second. No, you're fine. Why you why are you doing that? I'm actually gonna play a clip, um, Daniel. So you know, because I actually want to talk about what you just talked about. I think this kind of ties in. Okay. Uh, on the African continent, the fairy tale is that Queen Elizabeth went up the treetops here in Kenya, a princess, and came down a queen because it's when she was here in Kenya that she learned that her dad had died and she was to be the queen. But that also was the start of the eight years after that that the Kenyan colonial government cracked down, the British colonial government cracked down brutally on the Mau Mau rebellion against the colonial administration. They herded more than a million people into concentration camps where they were tortured and dehumanized. And so across the African continent, there have been people who are saying, I will not mourn for Queen Elizabeth because my ancestors suffered great atrocities under her people and that she never fully acknowledged that. And that is why among African Twitter, among black Twitter and on social media, there's been many people who are ungovernable with takes that maybe don't quite follow the official state religion which is why you see a statement like this from the South African opposition party, the Economic Freedom Fighters, that said, we do not mourn the death of Elizabeth because to us, her death is a reminder of a very tragic period in this country and Africa's history. During her 70-year reign as queen, she never once acknowledged the atrocities that her family inflicted on, many, on native people that Britain invaded across the world. If there is really life and justice after death, may Elizabeth and her ancestors get what they deserve. There are people on social media who are calling out this sort of statements for saying this is not the right time, you should honor the dead. But the, the critics say, when is really the right time to talk about the legacy of colonialism and the many, many after effects that continue to live with us today? But uh, many African leaders are paying tribute to Queen Elizabeth, including the Kenyan president-elect William Ruto, who's called her 70-year reign and guiding of the Commonwealth as admirable. You saw, for instance, the statement from President Muhammadu Buhari of Nigeria that said, my family and the more than 200 million Nigerians have learned with immense sadness of the passing of Queen Elizabeth and the end of her unique and wonderful 70-year reign. She was the only British sovereign known to 90% of our population. And while there are people who supported President Buhari for that, he has gotten a lot of criticism for that sort of sentiment. To use the slang of the, the, the times, he's gotten ratioed for many people seeing him ignoring the impact of British colonialism in Nigeria. Michael. Yeah, yeah, honouring uh, honouring the woman, but uh, acknowledging the stain of colonialism. Uh so, like, one of the things that I think was really interesting about that clip was that um, you had two sectors of people really looking at and thinking about what their history means to this crown. You had those in Nigeria and those in Kenya, and you know, evaluating the Black diaspora and how you know they, the leaders of that country. I almost felt like they felt obligated to say something of honor for the crown. Um, obviously, Nigeria um, came into existence by way of the, you know the British uh, giving their stamp of approval with their um, official constitution, and so you, know, you you see that how there was a great um, you know kind of a weird the people in general were like not fans of it, but you have. Uh, the leaders who are still championing. And that's actually, I think that's really where you find politics in general. When you have people who, who are at the top, they don't really represent the tenor and the tone of how people really feel about something. Right. They just kind of represent the, the idea and the idealism of something. And then they have a particular, like, I don't know, protectionism over the system of oppression. And I feel like for those who are uncomfortable with always challenging the system and always saying, why can't it be better? Why shouldn't it be better? You know, why do we have to accept it the way it is? I think those things are fascinating reads into like, you know, the psychology of not only how we evaluate history, but how we evaluate those who are actually leading us in this, in current present time. Daniel, what do you, what do you think? Um, when the queen died, right? Yeah. Did you, did you ever, did you, are you on Twitter? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did you find Irish Twitter? Oh yeah, Irish Twitter was, yeah, yeah, they were openly disrespectful. Did you find Argentinian Twitter? I didn't see Argentinian Twitter, no. 
Yo, it 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 made me realize, like black people Twitter was going off, Argentinian Twitter was going off, like other African Twitter was going off, like, and it made me realize, like, around the world, everyone hated the Queen for a different reason, <laughs> or the Crown, and the Queen or the Crown, yeah. yeah, and it, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. No, I mean, no, uh, it. It does. It does actually in a way, in a weird way, right? Because it kind of shows you that um, the people in general don't feel the same way about this system that we were t- we we're told to honor and respect. Yes, exactly. You know, and yeah. that's kind of where we where we find it because we have a society of people where I think we're now. I think the the best thing about today is that we're in a spectrum of society or space in society rather. Where we're ready to really kind of like challenge things that are are have been given to us as just normal um, regular normalcy. Like, oh well, you know, you should just accept it for what it is. You know what I mean? Or just kind of be. And like now, you have people who are literally looking at things and like, yeah, you know what? Um, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with like saying I ain't really fucking with that. I I'm okay with saying that I'm not really feeling that. You know, I think there's a there's a beauty in that, right? There's a beauty in, 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 you know, looking towards something, unraveling that onion, peeling it away, and saying, I don't like onions. You know what I mean? Like, there's some, there's a lot of beauty in that. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought it was it was really liberating to me because yeah. I've hated the Queen for a long time, quietly. <laughs> I don't think so quietly, Dan. I don't think it's quietly. But- just me. I haven't said anything. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. I've I have I've disliked the Queen for a long time quietly. Yeah. But when when she died, like it was just everyone speaking out. It's like, oh, you yeah. you 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 guys hate, hate the Queen too? Right, oh, right, cool. Right, 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 right. And it it kind of makes me like see the difference in generations because generationally, um. I don't think our older generation, like Lincoln was talking about his parents earlier on, his his parents were in the um like the wave the first wave of immigrants to Britain from the Caribbean. I don't, I don't know um if they were in the thing, but they were around that time the first wave of immigrants from the Caribbean and maybe Africa were coming coming to to Britain. So they had to be a lot more respectful, you know. And I've noticed now with, you know, current occurrences, like we ain't respectful. No. We're not we're respectful. I know what you sometimes. mean. Though. Yeah, I know what you like, mean. Yeah, we're yeah, a lot yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I, I do think that our generations it tends to not want to uphold just systems just for the sake of upholding it. Exactly. Whether what are it's social systems like I mean even you hear, you know where you see women saying like I just don't I don't want to be, you know I I want to define how I am in relationships I'm not going to let society tell me how I should be designated right you know so like all our generation is into challenging into into destroying the narrative that have been presented in front of us previously and I think what you saw was an inflection point on Twitter of people really saying like, I'm not going to give this woman 48 hours, you know, her yeah. body, her body ain't even cold yet. And I'm ready to, I'm ready to, like, yeah. to let, let these, let the disrespect fly off. Cause I've never really yeah. respected her in the first place. I mean, this is, I feel like the disrespect was there before. Just no one cared enough. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I think like an analogy that I think of in my mind is like our generation started with F the police and like right now, they're like, no, seriously, defund the police. They yeah. they got to they got to go. Right. So it's, yeah, that's that's just no. Um, I-, <laughs> I was I was thinking to myself, let uh, you just actually made a point. Said they've always been that they've always said it, but nobody really listened to those voices. But I think yeah. I, ideally, that's really what characterizes the black pain. Black pain has always been there, but nobody pays attention. Until they're ready to put a spotlight on it, and they're like, "Oh my god, I didn't know this thing existed, right?" And I'd be like, "No, it's it's always been there." Um, we've been saying, <laughs> we've been saying like, it for a while. Yeah. Like, 
like with the Black Lives, like with George Floyd and stuff, people like, oh, it's terrible that the cops have been being black people. Like, nah, nigga, we've been saying that for a long time. Like, mm-hmm. just because you got we got cameras now doesn't mean this travesty has just started. So I, I mentioned a podcast a few weeks ago, and this is kind of in my thought that, you know, the greatest white skill that I've ever seen is the ability for them to see or for them to have a blindness to white atrocities. Absolutely. It's like, it's really a fascinating thing. Like this blind spot they have where it's like, it's really, really apparent But for, you know, but for them it's like, I never even knew that thing. This was a thing until you brought it to my attention. And it's like, uh, that's a fascinating skill. I wish I, I wish I knew how you, how you did that, but it shows you. Don't want it. No, 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 no. I know, I know. But I'm saying, but it, isn't that what whiteness is, though? Yeah. The ability to to choose not to see something. Yeah. So let me I, let me ask you though, Dan. Like, this is I, I didn't really expect to go with it, but I, I I'm fascinated with this question. What was it like for you to immigrate? You know, I don't know your immigration status, but like, what your experience of integrating yourself with your feelings of the crown and integrating yourself in American society. How has that been? Like, like knowing the history, do you feel like, what are your thoughts on that? So for me, I'm different. Me and Lincoln, we grew up together in England. So we um, knew each other before we moved here. Yeah. Like his dad was a pastor of the church. Then my dad moved to the church and was a pastor. pastor. But my mother is American. So I I grew up like when I, when I was singing Rule Britannia, my mom told me not singing no more. Yeah. She gave me books upon about you know why I shouldn't sing them no more. So I've been reading about um you know uh, American stuff since you know since I was I could read you know and so I've always been even when in, in in London I was an American I was an American in London and now in the in America. <laughs> You're British, I'm a you're British citizen in America, yeah. But uh, yeah, I feel I feel that way. Even though I'm, I was an officer in the Air Force for a few years, so I had to technically renounce my my citizenship. Mm. Um. So yeah. So technically, I'm American, but I feel British. You know. Yeah, yeah. I sound. I sound. I feel. I feel like I sound weird. Uh, you <laughs> definitely sound British. <laughs> yeah, but I've been here for 19 years. Wow. But. Uh, but uh, yeah, being I've always, I've just always been different, and I've always like I live in Alabama now, and I, I I really like it because I like reading about the history, and I like being close, being like my house I just bought is in cotton fields, so I like I feel like I'm in the in the things I used to read about when I was I was a child, you know. Um, um. So the question: What's the original? Did I ask but, you a question? Well, uh, you know, the question really was just like you integrating and how you integrate yourself from coming from that colonial history, British colonial history, and then into the uh, um, you know, American history. So you did answer the question, but listen, yeah. I know because like, man, I, I caught you in the space. You, you just sister got married the day before. Um, you got your just eight month year old son. And I really do appreciate it. So really what I want to do at this point um, is actually I want to give you your final thoughts on what you think of everything we've spoken about, the clips. You know, this is your final, I'm going to give you your final thought. you know, here are your final thoughts on this particular, um, you know, just this scenario and everything like that with the events, whatnot. This is your platform. This is your well, time. My, um, my thoughts on it are um, I always, like, all the time we see like symbols of oppression. The queen to me was a symbol of oppression, um, and she she died. You know, all right, cool. Um, I, I I don't have any feelings about it, um, but I see a lot of other symbols of oppression. Like to me, um, the cross in Christianity is another symbol of symbol of oppression. Um, you know. I see a lot of symbols of oppression uh, around me as a black person, and um, it, I, it's easy to talk about them. But I'm a, I'm an action person, 
So I, I think what can I what can be done to reverse these things to you know to change change these problems to to help this world this community I live in be better for my children. So I I, I always think of um what what are the actionable steps like yeah the queen you know did this but what can you do like and I think just having conversations like this and just airing out how we feel about the monarchy. Because before, like, people didn't listen to, to us, you know? And my, my, my dad always told me, people won't listen to you until they're offended. And sometimes people have to be offended first to listen to, to, um, to, your feelings and that's what's happened with the queens dying and and the outbursts you know people are like yeah black people are just being out of line talking about the queen like that but now they're forced to listen to their opinions and evaluate them and i, th I think that's a powerful step and i think it's good to take steps to tear down these symbols of oppressions of oppression and i love i love what's going on with that yeah, no well, I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you for yeah. jumping on, man. Go ahead and tend to your family. Uh, Thanks, thank bro. you so much for your time, man. And um, you know, I'm gonna give my final thoughts. You'll probably hear it, you know, when when we uh, post this pop. I, I just want to tell you, thank you, and thank Lincoln. He jumped off because he had to jump. He was at work, but um, it's, it's, and I'm gonna be crying. I, I know it right now. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate, it, man. I look forward to um, hearing this. Yeah, man. And you know, when you're in Orlando, man, let's link up, bro. All right. Yeah. Definitely. All right. I appreciate you. Thank you. You there? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I think about, and, you know, we might as well just go into the closing here, like, dear black people, we just had a conversation regarding the complexities behind uh, black British uh, viewpoints on colonialism and the monarchy and just really the entire uh, concept of black diaspora. One thing that Daniel said that was really, really fascinating to me was uh, talking about how the symbols of oppression and what that really means. And, you know, I thought about symbols of oppression. Like, is the symbolism of oppression the harbinger of the oppression? And if we get rid of that symbol, will that oppression stop? Or do we stop the oppression and the symbol no longer becomes viable? Chicken or the egg. And you see that Queen Elizabeth II has passed away and you see this conversation, but then you wonder, will the conversation continue, right? Will they divest the things that they've earned? Black Panther movie um, that came out in 2018, there was a scene, obviously everybody familiar with the scene where Killmonger talks about all the items in the museum that were, quote unquote, you know, rec recovered by you know, archaeology. And it's like, it bringing the question of like, well, how did you get these things? These museums that have all these items that weren't theirs, how did you come to, to find them? Who told you it was okay to keep them and house them in your facilities and not keep them in spaces that they were originally founded? That's like someone taking your family photos and then putting it, your family photos, and putting it in their house. And say, I found these great photos. These are great things. Oh, man, just going to show a history of this particular individual. And you're like, whoa, 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 those are my photos. No, 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 they're, they were your photos, but I found them. So they're, they're my photos now. But you can come, if you want to see your photos, you can come travel and come look at it. That's oppression. That's oppression. When you have things that don't belong to you and you then make people pay or have to you charge them in order to access their own history or access something that is a human right. That's it. And so the thought process to me, which always goes back to the point, and even though to last week, uh, we talk about symbols of oppression. And to me, capitalism represents that particular symbol of oppression that we have to really look at and evaluate like, a figurehead passes away. That's fine. I understand. But can we and should we not so much be so focused on the figurehead, 
but focus on why that figurehead was so relevant in general and attack the system in which he was placed. He was he or she were placed. So that's my question and that's my thought process. And that's something I'm gonna leave you on. I know this is a short podcast this week, but it was a short turnaround. Um I just came back from uh, Miami and I felt like it would have been Robbery on y'all not to even uh, do a podcast on this particular subject, considering the um, Zygates moment of everybody touching on it on social media, especially black uh, social media. So uh, I appreciate y'all for listening. This is episode 99. And, you know, with that being said, I think it's only appropriate that we just we had people from the UK and you had myself, um, you know, collaborating and talking I think it's only appropriate that we actually write out with a UK artist and a black artist um, collaborating. And since we start off with 21 Savage, I think we should end with 21 Savage. But I'm going to do something special. I'm actually going to play the entire two minutes of the song because that song is actually pretty hot. So with that, yo, we're going right out and I'll see you on episode 100. Thank you. Porch or break a pound down Get the scrap if it happen to blow It makes a round sounds Pussycat on my lap Push it back and go to town Now I'm putting rap on my back And I'm black and snatching crowns I they came back around Like a nigga selling cracking pounds I got a bag now But it's nothing to brag about Gun blast in the background I'm a black man with the bloodhounds Mac 10 making love sounds To a bad chick She from uptown Or from down south Not a loud mouth We can fuck around Hit the music baby cut it down Hit the doobie while you do me Indubitably I feel like I'm a bust now I feel like a bust down. When I shine bright, blind niggas is up now In the cut, big black truck pack sash up You can pick it up now, nigga, fuck it, okay Push the fucking pack off of the porch or break a pound down Get the scrap if it happen to blow, it makes a round sounds Pussycat on my lap, push it back and go to town down Putting rap on my back and I'm black and snatching crowns Attached emotionally, I get the clutch, and if you get too close to me, I'm at the top where I'm supposed to be. Jumping in the gang, niggas act like they coaching me. 400 rats ain't shit, but it's shoulder me. I'm on the road, and I bet that you're holding me. When I'm in traffic, it's always a pole with me. Pillsbury, man, I keep doing me. Hit from the back, she giving me slurp, and I ain't even pull my pants down. Jump in the box and slide to the other side, it's always a man down. Draw down, hands in the air, nigga, make one move, get gunned down. Giving out smoke so long, they don't even wanna talk no more, they just run down. No lock doors, I serve with a chop. Bitch got spent, she was hanging with a op. We call him Mickey, talk to the cops. I was on Pinedale, glass in the sock. Back in the day, I invest in the block. Fast forward, now I'm investing in stock. I put a drum on the heckling cots Don't play cause I'm very invested in shots Push the fucking pack off of the porch Or break a pound down Get the scrap if it happen to blow It makes a round sounds Pussycat on my lap Push it back and go to town down Putting rap on my back And I'm black and snatching crowns